You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Step onto the sexy streets of animal attraction that is New York City. Welcome to Pets in the City, Life in the Urban Jungle. Join host Diane West as she explores the exciting lives, loves, and laments of the people and pets in the world's greatest city. Pets in the City, like the city itself, has something for everyone. Celebrity pet sightings, pet events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So get ready to get dressed to the canines and take a bite out of the Big Apple with your Pets in the City host, Diane West. Hello, cyber cats, canines, and critters of all creation. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. I'm Diane West, publisher of New York Tales Magazine here in New York, and I am delighted and honored to be your host once again. So, what did you think of last week's episode with Richard Belzer of Law & Order dressing up as Uncle Sam in the middle of Manhattan, as well as our talk with Gidget, otherwise known as Baby, the, um, freaky dog in the Sex and the City movie? Boy, both of them were a lot of fun. This week is a short week for many of us, with the 4th of July weekend starting on Friday. And between vacation season, getting into full swing, and summer in the city really heightened up here, I thought I'd bring you to very summertime stories, especially summer in the city stories. First, we'll be talking to Michelle Forrester of the Animal Rescue Fund of the Hamptons. And usually when one says Hamptons, they think about swanky city folk with weekend summer shares or million-dollar beach homes. Now, that really is, of course, part of uh, Long Island's Hamptons, and they certainly do have those things. But you, what you may not know is that they, too, also have homeless animals in the Hamptons, and you would not believe where some of them come from. Um, I myself was amazed, and I had to hear it myself, and um, you'll hear it yourself from Michelle as well. Very, very intriguing. Sad, but also uh, with good people like Michelle and her family, um, you know, it helps a lot. So let's listen to that. Next, we'll be talking with the uh, New York City Eastside Small Dog People Group, a group of over 150 small breed dog lovers who like to go to brunch or lunch and play dates at outdoor cafes around the city, especially when the warm weather arrives. And they give us some special tips to dining with your dogs and what the rules are, both spoken and unspoken, if you want to give it a try in your neighborhood. And again, remember in New York, dogs aren't actually allowed in the restaurant. I mean, there, there are some um, neighborhood cases where, you know, the person knows you and you go in there to get a cup of coffee, you know, that's fine. But in general, the, the rule actually from the Department of Health is that the dog is not allowed in the restaurant. But being outside at the outdoor cafe is certainly fair game. So again, uh, we'll hear from the New York City Eastside Small Dog People Group on how to have fun with that. And finally, I'm going to ask our listeners with dogs in particular, or other pets as well, but more so dogs, to do a special experiment with me. And this may very well be the first experiment of its kind in radio history. I don't know that for a fact, but in my thoughts, I think it is. So stay tuned, and I'll be right back after these messages. This is a Pelham Bay Parkbound, six local trains. 
All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the city will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Does your dog have problems walking with its back legs? If so, your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg. Problems such as spinal myelopathy, arthritis, and hip dysplasia. Bottoms Up Leash helps your dog walk. It's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award as Product of the Year and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick Dog Boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E. Dash to dash P-I-C-K dot com. Pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick. A B O N E dash T-O dash P-I-C-K dot com. Get 10% off with coupon code PetLife. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatonic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? That's right. I told you I'd be back. Now let's get started with our first story, which I'll call Homeless in the Hamptons. Now, that may sound like an oxymoron, but for many animals, it is an unfortunate reality that gets worse in the summer for some really unbelievable reasons. Uh, Luckily, they do have good people working out there looking after these little ones, including the Animal Rescue Fund of the Hamptons, which is one of the groups. They're otherwise known as ARF for short. I just happened to see their van as I was walking around Manhattan the other day, and the word Hamptons caught my eye. I said, Hamptons? Animal Rescue? I was very intrigued, and Michelle Forrester um, agreed to speak with me. Let's see what she had to say. And we're here with Michelle Forrester of the Animal Rescue Fund of the Hamptons, uh, otherwise known as ARF, and their website is www.arfhamptons.org. And um, I wanted to talk to Michelle because, you know, a lot of people um, hear the Hamptons and they, you know, they think about, you know, the beach and the glitter and the glamour and they don't necessarily think about shelter animals, but apparently that that is uh, a problem. It certainly is a problem. We have a shelter that's located on 90 Daniels Hole Road. It's across from the East Hampton Airport and currently we house 160 stray animals. We have dogs, cats, kittens and puppies. And it's a year-round problem with um, stray animals in the Hamptons. 
and we also go out to other uh, municipal shelters and into the New York City shelters to bring animals out um, from kill shelters to bring them to our facility. The Animal Rescue Fund is a no-kill facility um, where we um, don't have to um, euthanize an animal for space. As an animal gets adopted from our facility, we then bring in another animal in its place. We adopt out approximately 600 animals a year and we bring in almost 750 animals a year. That's a good record. Yes, it certainly is. We've been in existence um, since 1974. It was founded by three women in the local area that felt that there was a need um, to have a shelter. There was a, a, a big problem with stray dogs at that time. Currently, we're trying to work with the cat population. We have a huge feral cat pro program called Operation Cat where it's um, volunteer-driven. We work from um, West Hampton Beach to Montauk. We spay about 1,100 uh, cats a year, and you can imagine if we didn't how many kittens we would have. We're still working with bringing kittens out of the wild. Most of the kittens that we have in our facility are from the wild. We're either bottle feeding them or socializing them to re-domesticate them to bring them back into the home setting. Now when you say the wild, I, I mean, I guess, can you describe if you go on the beach in the Hamptons, is it likely you'll, you'll start seeing tribes of feral cats? Well, not so much the beaches. It's the restaurants, the fishing docks. Uh, the Hamptons are sometimes considered a resort. From June to September, the population triples, and then it goes down to just probably 50,000 people living there in the winter time. Um, but there are um, a lot of feral cats living on the docks or in colonies in somebody's backyard, or some on the beach. Uh, we try and take them off, get them off the beach because of the piping plover, which is another problem. Um, but we spay, like I said, 1,100 cats a year. We've been doing that for 10 years. We have passed our 10,000th um, cat um, last November. And, um, and it's all volunteer driven. So you have people going out and trapping the cats, bringing them into the, our facility. We're spaying and neutering them. Then they're released back out into their colonies and then volunteers go and feed them and care for them. So then, so then really there's, and, and a lot of times from what I understand, it could be someone that's already caring for a feral oh, colony, yes. so you come in and you, you help right. them with that We help well. with them, with trapping the cats, getting them fixed, so the colonies will start decreasing instead of increasing with kittens being born. Now, um, just for people that might not be familiar, mm -hmm. um, can you just, you know, just very briefly describe the, the, the piping clover situation? I know that was a big bone of contention right. at one point. Well, the piping plovers are on the beach. They nest. Um, to birds. Uh, they're birds. <laughs> they nest on the beach, and naturally, cats are going to go after them. They're they're coordinated off so that we can't get to them. But they are, um, you know, with the beach traffic and the trucks going on the beach, they do lose quite a few piping plover. But there's a whole uh, another dedicated group of people that go out and and just watch the piping plovers. And um, now I was actually talking uh, to your husband, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, th this sounds unbelievable, but he says it's absolutely true that people actually adopt a, a dog or a cat for quote unquote the summer and they'll actually just leave it behind. Well, it could, it, it does happen. It's more so with the year round people and the renters that have to rent their homes and they lose their, 
their housing and their winter housing and then they have to go find a summer housing and sometimes you can't find a landlord that's going to agree to allow to have a pet in the in the home so sometimes they're left behind usually cats are left behind or sometimes the turn in the turn in numbers increase during that time period so a lot of people have to move out memorial day because the high rents come in and then in September, then they're coming back and looking for another animal. And has the um, the current mortgage crisis uh, that's been affecting the rest of the country kind of contributed to, to that as well, or are you kind of insulated? We have not really seen uh, the foreclosure problem coming in. Um, it's mostly we get when we do get a private owner surrendering their animal, it's either that they're moving not due to a financial problem or that there's a new child coming into the home, a new baby, or an allergy has occurred, or there's been an illness. That's usually what the owner surrender what, that we get. And, uh, and your husband's also saying you, you got a few Katrina animals as well. Yes, in October of 2005, after Hurricane Katrina, um, the ARF felt the need to go down and help. We um, rented, chartered a luxury liner, and we went down and we brought 20 dogs and five cats back up. Took us a week to get down, you know, the round trip week. It was a wonderful experience. Up the back up from New Orleans, we would call ahead, and there would be volunteers that would meet us to help us walk the dogs, feed the dogs, and then we brought them back to our facility, cared for them. A lot of them came up with illnesses, um, heartworm being uh, prevalent, and then um, we re reunited nine of those animals with their owners, flew them back up, and they had the reunion at ARF. And, it must uh, have been great to see. Oh, very heartwarming, very heartwarming. And was there the one in particular that stood out for you? Um, I would think it was the last one that the last one that left in uh, February of this year. And almost two years, two uh, two and a half years later, and and this man was still looking for his dog. We had volunteers on the ground in New Orleans working with us, and um, we're going to the homes of addresses where we knew that the dogs were were found. And this man looked up and says, oh my gosh, that's my dog. His, his house is still not built. And we flew him up and he was reunited. I, it was the most heartwarming one. Wow. No, so that's wonderful when you it could was. do that. So now can you just uh, tell people how, how they can help ARF? Um, you know, come in, donate. What, what, what's the best thing they could do? They certainly, donations, we're always needed donations. We're, um, we don't receive any government funds at all. We're all private donations, so donations are always welcome. You can go on our website, www.arfhamptons.org. You can come in and volunteer. We'd love to have dog walkers, cat socializers come in and um, just adopt a rescued pet and not going to a pet store. And now, if you go on your website, would you also, I know you guys have the truck here so do you have a few days when you you know come and park we bicycle? Are, we're working with the North Shore Animal League. North Shore has graciously donated their van to ARF for the day. Once a month we come into New York City. We're usually here or down um, in Greenwich Village. We'll be back again on October on August 3rd probably here on 86th in Lexington and then we'll be participating in Broadway Barks in um, July 12th, 12th yeah. in Schubert Alley so we're excited about that. Well we'll see you there then. All right. And thank you very much well, Michelle. Thank you so much. See you learn something new every time you listen to Pets in the City. Here's a few more things to learn about while I get ready to bring you our next segment which I'm going to call Doggies Who Brunch. This is a Pelham Bay Parkbound. Six local trains. All right, this is my stop. 
Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September September 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? One of the great things about living in New York when the weather gets warmer is the simple pleasure of eating what we here call al fresco or at an outdoor table. If you walk around any sultry summer evening or a busy brunch hour, you'll also likely to see four-footed guests under the table waiting for their food to arrive, as well as their human's food, which almost always does. And uh, I've actually seen them get uh, food from some other delighted patrons' plates as well, with the patron's permission, of course. We caught up with a few friends here that call themselves the New York City Eastside Small Dog People Group which is organized by Fern Weinbaum, a great lady, who likes to have brunch with their furry bunch. Their brunch with their furry bunch, there you go, during the summer. Uh, let's join them at their favorite table at the Fetch Barn Grill, which you can tell by its very name is a dog-friendly and cat-friendly, to a point, restaurant here on 3rd Avenue on the Upper East Side. Let's take a seat with them. 
everyone, this is Diane West here with uh, Pets in the City and uh, I'm here uh, to bring you to something that is actually increasingly catching on here in New York. Um, it's brunches and breakfasts and uh, dinners with your dogs um, at outside cafes. Now um, there is um, a stipulation that um, dogs are not allowed inside uh, to eat in most restaurants but uh, as the weather warms up and we have outdoor cafes set up, a lot of people come out to their uh, to their favorite place and eat with their dogs. So uh, here we're at a Memorial Day celebration here with uh, Fern Weinbaum of the um, go ahead. East Side Small Dog People. Okay, and here we are with uh, Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's the what's the real okay. names here? Go ahead. Nikki. George and Gracie. Right, well, signify who's a dog and who's a person. I'm Susan and this okay. is Nikki. Okay. Here's Nikki. There you go, Nikki. Say Hi, hello. Nikki. <laughs> and, okay. Hi, I'm Jesse and this is Merlay. Okay. I'm Judy and Murray and this is George and Gracie. Hi, jo oh, George and Gracie. There you go. So now tell me, do you guys have this um, Memorial Day lunch every year or is this? This is the third year that we're having it and my dogs that I have here today are Brandon. Taylor and Cody. Okay, great. Now, uh, from what from what I understand, uh, it's, it's uh, a kind of hit or miss sometimes eating out with your dog. And I, I remember you you said only if it was nice out and only if you could sit outside. So is that right. true? Most restaurants? Because most restaurants that have outdoor cafes will let you sit outside with your dogs. Usually, not with a lot of dogs. But since Fetch is a dog-oriented restaurant, they allow it. I've been to some restaurants. In fact, yesterday I was at Heartland Brewery down by Union Square, and we had a couple of dogs. Some were in bags, some were in strollers. First they told us we could sit down, and then they said no, we couldn't. So it varies. And then we went to coffee shop, and we were able to sit there. So it's kind of really hit or miss sometimes. Yes, definitely hit or miss. Now, now as the weather warms up, and other people might want to come out with their dogs, um, you know, and you guys have done this for a while now. Do, do you have any tips so you're not disappointed? Well, I'd say your dogs should be well behaved, shouldn't be jumping up, should be quiet, and try not to go with too many dogs. <laughs> And you usually will be accepted. There are some restaurants that will accept you certain days, certain days they'll say no. Some tell you to put your dogs outside the railing. Some say no dogs. And it just matters who's on duty, basically, mm -hmm. and how proud they are. And now I notice all of you guys have very small dogs as well. So the, is, would larger dogs be a problem? Or I think if you're at an outdoor cafe and you have one large dog, it would be okay. But I couldn't see having a lot of large dogs in an outdoor cafe because of the noise and they could start attacking or playing with each other or whatever. Other people might be scared, but I think that small dogs aren't threatening. So, so is it a good idea uh, to kind of call ahead if you can and let people know that you're coming with dogs? Or? Well, sometimes, but I've found a lot of times if you call ahead, they say no. Hmm. But if you just show up, it's okay. Wow. Because they want your business. So it's, it's kind of like a catch-22. <laughs> yes, definitely. Do, now, there is some legislation floating around that would um, allow dogs to actually come and, and eat in the restaurant with you. I mean, do, do you think that's, I mean, obviously a good idea for you guys, or what do you think? I would love it. Yeah. But, I would love it. yeah. If they're well-behaved. Oh, yeah. well if they're well-behaved. 
good and then not a lot of barking. The other thing that I would add is that on an outdoor eatery, if you have dogs with you, it's a very good thing. It's a very good thing if the door, if there was some shade, so that if it's a bright sunny day and it's hot, the dogs get very overheated and that can cause them to be, you know, maybe a little barky or uncomfortable. So if there's a shade, it's, it works really well for the dog's comfort. And, and I guess maybe a water bowl or something if they're there. Always water. Now, now, what about folks who, you know, if they did allow uh, dogs inside, you know, people who said, look, I'm allergic, I don't want to sit next to a dog, do you think of any alternatives for that? They could have a dog section, like they used to have smoking sections. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good okay. idea. What do you think about that, Gracie, huh? Well, this is George, this is Gracie, I'm but sorry, they're brother and sister, back. and they vote for anything that allows dogs around. And I, I should say they're holding their paws up and, you know, voting so th thank you. I see you guys got your coffee, so I won't keep you. But thank you very much for talking to uh, Pets in the City and talking to us. Thank very you. welcome. Thanks. Okay, and we're here with some more dog brunchers from the small dog group. And uh, I'll have them introduce themselves. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Andrea. And, and this is Pebbles. Okay. I'm Lourdes, and this is Tuffy and Munchie. Tuffy and Munchie. Oh, I didn't say Munchie. Yeah, Munchie's, Munchie's back there. a week, maybe twice a week. Mm -hmm. And uh, does it does seems to be no problem? Or, or? Uh, most restaurants are pretty dog friendly. And in this area and like Upper East Side where I am in the 60s, they're pretty dog friendly. Mm -hmm. So I haven't had an issue. Even in the, like when I was in the village also as well. So now do you have any tips for people that want to try it for the first time maybe? Or? Well, I don't have any tips only because I can only do it on the weekends and when I come into Manhattan. Um, I live in Westchester, so there, I'm sure there's places where you can do it, but I don't really have the time during the week to do it, so I only do it on the weekends. And what about in Westchester? Do you find that they're open to you having the dog in there? Or? Honestly, I have not really tried it. Now I've noticed there are quite a few outside cafes, seems to be an important point that it's outdoor cafes. I mean, it's very, very outdoor rare that you'd go in. Yeah, I mean, there are bars that you can go in that don't serve food where you can bring your dog into the bar. But if you're asking for a tip, I would say to try to make sure that your dog is not a disturbance to others around you. Because even though you might be dog friendly and the people at your table, the people at the table next to you might not be dog friendly. Right, right. So that, to me, is, is a good um, tip. And I'm here with Adam, who's manager? I'm the owner. Owner, sorry. 
which has been here for about nine years now. Um, as you can tell by the name, it's a uh, dog-themed restaurant, but as opposed to just having pictures on the walls celebrating the beauty of dogs, uh, we also do a lot for the stray population of the tri-state area. We have our own adoption wall, which makes us the only restaurant in the world where you can actually sit, have lunch, and adopt a dog at the same time. Which wall is that? It's, it's right back past okay. the bar. Okay. Um, I mean, these walls, I, I should say, these walls are covered with dog pictures. Yeah. These are, are, these are all patrons. These are all patrons, yes, absolutely. People who come in from all over the country, all over the world, and they either mailed it, brought it, um, and we put them right up on the walls. And so, uh, a woman told me that uh, there's actually uh, a cat pictures in the in the ladies, in the ladies room. room. That, that's our deal with cats, yes. We also, on the first Sunday of every month, have an adoption RV that parks outside the restaurant um, that people are all welcome to come, have lunch, go on the van, adopt right on, outside, you know, from Animal Haven, which is the organization we tend to work with most because they're one of the fastest growing no-kill no shelters in the tri-state area now. Okay, great. Now tell me, uh, you have a lot of, you have the uh, dog brunching people here today. Yes. Uh, now, how long have you allowed dogs to eat outside? Since the cafe opened outside, we, you know, it's, it's, it's frowned upon at most cafes in New York, but we absolutely love for people to come sit and have lunch with their dog. It's awesome. Now, why do you think it is uh, kind of frowned upon at some places? I don't know. It's silly. You know, people's perception of dogs being, you know, I don't know, I guess not the cleanliest of animals. Um, it is New York City. They are on the streets. Um, but as far as we're concerned, you know, there could be no better pet. And so, but they're not allowed inside. Regretfully, because of the New York State Health Department, uh, they're not allowed inside. Uh, now, what if, if that was to change and they were allowed inside? Would you let them in? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, so it, it's been going well and you haven't had any problems? Knock on wood. I mean, you know, we, we, we do a lot for the stray population, of, like I said, for the tri-state area. So I doubt very highly that anybody would have any problem with what we're doing here. Juicy, gigantic hamburgers is wafting through the air. So if you are in the area, definitely come by. We're right on uh, Adam. You're right on Third uh, Avenue, 92nd and 93rd. 92nd and 93rd. And it's a beautiful day out too, and you can go to the park afterwards. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah, Happy Absolutely. Memorial Day. Thanks. And that will about do it for our show this week. Being that it's a holiday weekend, as far as announcements, I don't have too many pet type events going on. A lot of them realize a lot of people are going to be out of the uh, city, so um, they've been deferred to the week after. But I did want to say something about the 4th of July and your pets. I mean, in general, at the summer, I mean, I'm sure you all know, especially people with dogs, um, no matter where you go, please, please, please always bring some water with you. They get overheated very quickly. And um, when I see dogs walking around uh, with their tongues hanging out on the sidewalk, generally really need a drink. Um, also remember, to them, walking on a very hot sidewalk is like you walking on the sidewalk barefoot. And we all know what it, we mean when we say it's hot enough to fry an egg. So also, you know, try and keep that in mind as well. Even for our indoor pets, um, cats, 
you know, make sure that they're cool at all times. They have a cool place to rest. And even my my uh, mistress, Chili Chinchilla, anyone would rat or a ferret or a chinchilla knows that they can get overheated very quickly. One of the things I do is actually take a um, ice pack and wrap it in a towel and put it in the cage for her. And, um, you know, that at least gives her some sort of relief. And actually a ferret owner gave me that tip. And I, one more thing, I didn't realize that pets can actually get sunburn. Dogs can actually get sunburn. I did not know this until uh, New York Tales resident veterinarian Dr. Diane Levitan for the Center for Specialized Veterinary Care in Westbury, Long Island, had actually said so. So, you know, make sure that you don't keep them out in the sun for too long. I really didn't realize that. That was news to me. But let's talk about the 4th of July in particular which is coming up this weekend. Now, fireworks are certainly fun, but to your pet, they could sound like scud missiles or an out-of-control thunderstorm, let's be honest. And a scared dog at an outdoor barbecue can easily bolt out of your neighbor's courtyard or backyard if they're not used to it. A cat can scramble under your bed and stay there till Labor Day. And uh, pets like rabbits and birds, who are very sensitive and easily startled, may also be none too happy either. So, with that in mind, I wanted to try an experiment with you, our listeners, which, as far as I know, may be the first of its kind in radio history. I'm going to play for you a piece from a CD titled Through a Dog's Ear, which describes itself as music clinically demonstrated to calm your canine companion. I'm reading that verbatim. Now, there is apparently a whole bunch of science behind it, and you can read more about that exactly at www through a dog's ear.com but the upshot is that this is supposedly especially composed music that calms your canine producer Joshua Leeds and pianist Lisa Spector don't say if it works on other animals but who knows I told them that I was going to call their bluff and play one of their pieces for uh, you our listeners and they said they were up for the challenge so here we go
Uh, now they do suggest playing the piece a few times when your pet is relaxed and then when the stressful situation like fireworks comes and you know they're gonna freak out play it again put them in a quiet area and it should soothe them I really want to see if this works so give it a try and let me know how it goes by writing to me at Pet Life Radio at Diane at PetLifeRadio.com again that's D-I-A-N-E at PetLifeRadio.com and while you have a few days off treat yourself to some other great programs on Pet Life Radio as well there really is something for everyone so until next time this is Diane West publisher of New York Tales magazine thank you for spending some time with me once again and pets in the city and as the great Charles Osgood would say I will see you on the radio take care and have a great 4th of July. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.